Well, what what's your uh, what's your major? It's uh, engineering, just a general engineering. Uh, oh, okay. So what do you yeah. what do you what do you want to do with it exactly? Uh, I'm thinking I want to go to um, grad school for biomedical engineering. Um, I'm not sure if I want to take some time after undergrad and um, like work for a few years or what, but that's that's my current plan. Uh, to be a biomedical engineer. Don't some don't some companies like will pay you to go get your graduate degree or is that just few and far between? Uh, I, I mean, I think that's definitely out there. Um, it might be hard to find that um, opportunity. I mean, that'd be great because like grad school is so expensive, but. How much is, how much is that week? At Wake, I'm not. I'm not positive. Honestly, I, I haven't looked into them much. I don't know where I'd even be applying. I, yeah. I would not want to. My first choice would not be to stay at Wake, um, just because I'd rather like get some, uh, or like go other places, like just get yeah. some new locations under my belt. But um, the I know they had been talking about starting, and I'm I'm just too early for this. But in a few years, I think they'll have a four plus one program at Wake for engineering for bi biomedical engineering. So you'll graduate with a. Uh, with a master's and that'd be but, great but. i know you all oh, man it's always a shame man they always put the coolest stuff in as like you're halfway through you're about to leave and you can't do oh, it now yeah what 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 exactly does a is biomedical basically kind of because I, I know like a tiny bit i'm more so know about you know the civil engineering mechanical is biomedical mm -hmm. that like similar to chemical engineering like what's the difference there um well i think like Overall, it's, it's pretty broad. Uh, it's just, it, it connects the medical world to the engineering world. Um, and so like designing uh, uh, tools and equipment used for surgery or um, I know I, I've taken a class uh, for biomedical engineering. They do have concentrations actually awake. So while I can't specialize and like have a biomedical engineering degree, I will have a general engineering degree with a um, concentration in biomedical engineering. Um, but I've taken a class on bioprinting, um, where, where like printing um, new organs and stuff like that, which, I mean, we're still like very early stages of that. Um, it's not really like a viable option yet, but um, like biomaterials, we can definitely print those um, and use them to like implant on people's bodies, like skin grafts, stuff like that. And how, how does it work? Is it almost like 3D printing? Like how is, like if they're going to make an, an artificial heart or like an artificial limb, how does it function what's it made out of well at the moment we can't just like print a heart um uh, I, I i so i don't know totally like um how we would go about growing an artificial organ like that because i think i think printing we're definitely not there yet um but there are some let's see either you really test my notch for like this class uh but like collagen and um other materials like Bro, I have my notebook here. I could open it up and like look. Man, do see it. See some of these materials. But, um, <laughs> well, I'm making you. I'm making you have. This is the one time you'll actually have to pull your notes out mid like conversation. Just let me just yeah. grab a whole notebook out. I was. I was never gonna look at these again. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> we've got uh, hydrogels that are biodegradable. Um, these are just like words that, that don't even sound English, but like alginate and fibrin these are all um and collagen and gelatin like they're all used for materials to bioprint and it is very similar just regular 3d printing the first bioprinter was um just a modified 3d printer that uh it's just you, you change the nozzle and to print these different um 
different materials. And really they're just like, I mean, I've handled a few of them. They're very gelatinous, just yeah. like, and like loose. It's, it's one of the hardest things with 3D printing is that uh, it has to be like able to support itself. Um, and so you can print some support structures that'll like dissolve um, uh, after, after the print is completed, but it's not, um, it's really difficult to like get it to stand up on its own. So, so most 3D printed objects would be, or bioprinted um, materials would be like pretty flat and, and, and they don't hold shape very well. And that's one of the biggest ways or reasons like we're kind of moving away from just the modified 3D printer uh, type apparatus to um, other more complicated um, situations that I don't know much about. But yeah, it's certainly not printing um, an organ, but more just like materials to be able to uh, like bond with your body. Um, so like, like I mentioned, skin grafts, but also uh, like bone implants. Um, if you need to fill a void in a bone, um, you'll be able to do that. And, and in that case, there would be other materials that are, are more, like much firmer. Um, but yeah, it's more just like getting the body to accept uh, uh, these materials. It's like, why it's so important that there are many, many different types of biomaterials that are able to be printed. Um, and you just kind of have to like select and choose and uh, between which ones to like choose, uh, figure out what functions you need this print to serve. Um, and each one will have their ups and downs. Oh yeah. Well, well real quick, if you hear noise in the background, I apologize. Mm -hmm. It's because these little, I don't know if you can see them. Uh, I got two yeah. dogs. They're right here. I got two dogs that are playing with a frisbee right now, trying to kill each other. So if you keep, if you hear like these old man sounds, it's not me, it's, it's them. But um, that, that you brought you brought up the interesting concept, man, because I never really thought about that. The artificial, I mean, it's one thing to make it, but then once you put it inside the body, the body can reject it. That's what that's that's interesting. What do you think is going to happen really in the next kind of 15, 20 years? in like the realm of artificial limb creation. I think it's great. The only problem is like, as you stated, like how's the body gonna react to it? It might just outright reject it. Right. Um, I think that one of the first steps in just growing um, like organic material is like lab grown meat, I think is gonna be the next like big thing. Um, so one for just I mean, sustainability, uh, meat is just like terrible for the environment because it takes so much water and land to produce. But um, if we can grow it in labs, that'll reduce that. And I mean, just on the ethical side of things, we're not going to be, you know, caging chickens in um, tiny little spaces. So yeah, I think that what that is the first step. We'll just be like growing muscle tissue, um, and then uh, I, I I think we'll get to the point where we can grow. Um, organs and I'm not so right now we can grow uh spleens I, I believe in inside pigs we can go human spleens inside pigs um and like by changing their DNA and we can change what like they're they're growing um and so I'm not sure if that is something that we can currently use or like something that we're working on but like it has happened um and um I know that like we've had rats where we've you know changed their DNA and 
like a human ear is growing off the back of a rat, um, which is like kind of scary. It's just terrifying. Imagine, but um, it's kind of like the next step. I, I think that printing is not going to be, um, or I mean, th look, this is just speculation. I don't, I'm not an expert. <laughs> I think that uh, growing is not necessarily going to, or is going to be more helpful and like a, a larger breakthrough than, um, than being able to print things because uh, unless we're wanting to kind of steer away from um, what can be organically grown but like if we're if we're looking for a heart replacement I think we have to grow it rather than print it just because it's so complicated and um, uh, using an organic means to grow it is 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 probably going to be a better option than um, mechanically right. printing it so oh yeah well, speaking of that, have you seen the stuff that Elon Musk has been doing, like Neuralink and all that stuff, man? I have. Um, That's that, crazy. Yeah, I'm so excited about it, honestly. Do you, uh, you watch the presentation he did? I think it was a couple of months ago. The presentation, you no, know, and the pig, and showed you the machine and how it like inserts the chip in the pig's brain. You saw that? Oh, I haven't seen his presentation. I've just seen him talk about it in an interview. I need to find that though. I mean, I'll send. I'll send it to you. What are your thoughts about Neuralink? Um, I mean, my first reaction is like, I, I'm just so excited about it. I, I think that there are some concerns about that people are bound to bring up about like potential mind control, stuff like that, where, um, it's, it's not necessarily being used for its intended purpose, but I'm, I'm very much happy to have technical, technological progress. And I think that in many ways, humans are kind of limited by our bodies and by our minds so if we can like increase our brain power to that of a computer um and you know in many different ways have have our brains enhanced in, in this way i just i almost feel like we have to do it um, yes we'll be able to do more work focus better like i'm not even sure all of the benefits uh, that potential benefits of Neuralink, um but just you know first steps in that kind of technology is is just something that i'm i'm well i'm, I'm happy elon musk is handling it he's i look up to him but i had to show i had to say that presentation man because in the presentation he does like a q a man and he's talking about basically how like let's let's take for instance um like blindness or something like that how it's like the electro like the electrodes in your brain that says the signals to re like retrieve it right and he was saying how they could artificially make those electrodes from the neuralink chimp to hit that it basically replicates what you'd be able to do man they're talking about curing all types of diseases and everything do my mouse just hit the floor i looked at this and said okay let me get straight so we can basically just bypass genetic genetic diseases with this chip basically speaking isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah, stuff like that, where it's just, I guess, uh, a, like poor connection between yeah. an eye and your brain and like fixing that, that is really insane. And just, yeah, injuries, I think would just, at least, you know, brain injuries could just be resolved because oh, yeah. you could use technology to just bridge the gap. Um, yeah. I'm, yeah go ahead. I don't know what the timeline is for your link. If like, cause I, like when you had this presentation, like when are things going to be really developed and like used, do you know? Oh yeah, because I know right now they're still doing like the tests on the pigs and all that. I know for mm -hmm. a fact it must be a real pain trying to get like the FDA to agree to let you do like human testing for this. I know that's going to be a pain. Yeah. 
But it's just it's it's that. But you know, also I thought was interesting. You ever see the um, Boston Dynamics where they be putting out Spot and um, what's the other robot? The 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 standing up robot can like do flips now. You ever see these videos? Uh, I'm I'm not I'm not sure I have. Well, I have so much to send you, man. I got Neuralink yeah, videos to send you. I got Boston Dynamics. But, man, what, what are your thoughts about robotics as it pertains to just the workforce and the future, how it's going to affect us in the long run? I'm kind of scared of, like, replacing uh, so many, I guess, um, untrained jobs. So, like, fast food and everything, I can imagine most of that process just being totally robotic. Um, and... I mean, that'll open up um, opportunities for these people who are currently working those jobs to do other things. But I, I think it's going to be really difficult um, to find a job once we have widespread robots doing um, all this like simple labor. And so, I mean, this is unrelated, but I, I, I watched a video about um, uh, like abundance in, of robotics in the, in the future. And we would have to kind of implement some sort of universal basic income because just people, there just wouldn't be enough jobs for everybody. Cause the only jobs that people are going to really be working are, oh, yeah. are trained and um, require a lot of expertise. Oh yeah. Cause uh, hey, I, I, I really do agree with that statement, man. Cause I saw a couple of months ago, it was basically Walmart was testing out pretty much uh, just a full robotic store. Like, do you ever see, like, I'll go to Walmart sometimes, man, and occasionally you'll see, like, a janitor, but I've slowly seen, like, little robots, man, that, like, they clean the aisles themselves. Oh, wow. It, it, it's a crazy, because, like, it's it's like a bigger version of the iRobot. Like, it has sensors and everything. It, it knows to go up, down, up, down. And I'm just thinking, man, it's like, and even, like, uh, cashiers, like, there's a Walmart that tested out purely self-cashiers. There are no cashier people. And I'm just thinking, like, that, that's insane. Because for all these people who either don't have a college degree or don't have a trade, what have you, they're effectively out of a job, roughly speaking. Right. So I agree with you. I have to be UBI because at that point, you just can't have a thousand. I would say, I don't know how many, but it's millions on millions. They don't have a job because they, they don't have a skill and the robots took their job. So there's, there's nowhere for them to go, really. Right. And then, I mean, also, it does open it up. Like, I think that. Uh, prices for manufactured goods will go way down because um, I mean yeah if Walmart's not paying a uh, hundred employees to clean and and you know cash like work the register and everything um, they're not gonna have to worry about the salaries and benefits you I don't buy a one-time robot and just up uh, and then pay for maintenance after that like it's it saves so much money um, it really seems like the future of capitalism there where your prices go down that's where we're, we're headed i feel like that's we're always just going for production and oh yeah cutting prices i see and i agree with your point earlier man because i feel like what's going to happen is technology is not going to stop let's be honest technology is going to keep just ramping up ramping up so at that point it's like either we implement like a ubi or something to where it supplements their income because the rate we're going in about say i'll give about 20 years in about 20 years, I could realis realistically see, like, we go to a Walmart, and it's nothing but just robots cleaning the floors, and you have self-checkouts. Because at that point, the only thing you'll need people for is stalking. Mm -hmm. So then it's like you're paying maybe, I don't know, let's say 10 people, and they're getting paid maybe, what, $11, $10 an hour? I mean, your costs are so low. 
you could just make the goods dirt cheap and you just make more money. So at that point, it's like there has to be a balance in that because Walmart's going to make that money. These big box stores are going to make that money regardless. It's also like we're thinking about um, there's so many different ways that I guess society and technology is progressing that as we're getting closer to just like fully automated Walmarts, I also feel like we're getting closer to not having in-person stores and everything's just delivered. Because once you get automated vehicles, then they someone packs the car and the car comes to you and you unload it. And nobody's even working there. So yeah, all these different things kind of coming together. It's, uh, it's really hard to predict what anything's going to look like even 20 years in the future. Um, but grocery shopping that? might just be eliminated. <laughs> Did you see that? I mean, they have stuff now, you know, like Instacart and uh, I don't know what, what else you call it, but like they go get the food yourself. But I saw this one story a little while ago. Amazon was t- testing out like a cashierless store where it's like you just walk in, you get the stuff and like you scan it. I, dude, this is crazy, man. This really is because it's going to get to a point which you're talking about where it's like, yeah, I'm going to go on my app and I'm just going to, I'm going to pick the food in the app and my car is going to go, go to it. Someone's going to put the food in. It's going to drive back on its own. That's insane. It's yeah, it's, it's really insane. It sounds incredibly convenient, but it's hard oh, to yeah. imagine. <laughs> I, it has another thing. I, I think this is really uh, interesting. It's almost like, I think this is an interesting dichotomy, man. It's like, the more the more technology improves, in a sense, the lesser trained or the lesser skilled suffers. It's almost like um, like remember, well, we weren't alive for this because this happened a long time ago. But it used to be like, at least with my parent, my mom, she'll talk about how when she was younger, you know, there'd be a little person who pumps gas for you. You know, he would stand there and pump the gas for it. But then, and you know, as technology ramps up and they just have these self-credit card scanners, you can just go to the person. It's like the company was we don't need to pay someone. Because we can just get the customer to take the cost of themselves. It's like self-checkouts. We went from having checkouts, you know, you go to the thing and now it's like, yeah, just do a self-checkout. You can just check yourself out and that's it. And it's going to get to a point where, as you're saying, people won't go to stores. People be like, you go to a store. Why you go to a store? You can just send your car to go get the food yourself. Save time. Yeah, I I always go to self-checkout whenever possible just because I... I'm an introvert, tried to avoid as much interaction as possible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, well, yeah, so self-checkout, I'll always go. What was the other thing you mentioned right at the end? Sorry. It was the, um, that thing where it's going to be to a point where people just send their cars or they're not going to go to stores. They're literally just going to, I swear one day it's going to get, it's almost like, well, they kind of have that now uh, with a, what's it called? A curbside pickup where you just pick the phone Mm -hmm. and you go get it. Like, could you imagine? They've already got it off the shelves for you. Yeah. Dude, like, can you imagine that 10 years ago? Think about that. 10 years ago, you would have thought that was crazy that you would let someone else pick your food that you're going to eat. And now it's just like a regular part. Just, yeah, they can go pick right. my vegetables, my fruit, everything, my meat. You have no say over nothing. I know in um, the show New Girl, they uh, did an episode that it was about, like, online shopping. And someone had forgotten to buy someone else a gift. And they had to go in person because there wasn't time for delivery. And it was, they were making jokes about like the, the store was just barren and um, whoever was working there when they walked in, we're like, oh my gosh, we haven't had an in-person customer in like months <laughs> just because everybody's online shopping. Um, but do you, I, I really don't see us turning back really like anytime soon. Cause once you go curbside pickup, man, I mean, you ain't going back to shopping in person. Right. 
it's it just it's so it's so fast and especially just I guess that's just a part of our society like we high speed fast paced um anything that's going to cut time on just these chores of going to the store like I hate going to the store and shopping if as soon as like there's a um cheap option for me to not go to Target go to Walmart get my groceries I'm not going to do that <laughs> well you'll be first and let me like yeah let me go ahead and just get this from insta, insta world just go ahead plug it in is the is the curbside pickup more expensive i don't even know i've seen I, i'm pretty sure they had to charge some i've seen stuff like on walmart or um it'd be like yeah you get like your first one or two orders for free which i think they didn't go charge it but it's almost like yes that's another question man how does instacart get paid does the customer pay the instacart person or I gotta look this up later because now I'm just curious about Instacart and how this stuff works. <laughs> is so Instacart is uh, I don't know uh, what's that name? I don't know that. Instacart is basically like you plug in, like let's say you want to get eggs, chicken, whatever, walnuts. You put it on in the app, and then someone who's who works for Instacart will go to whatever store you specified, at least I think, and then they will uh, go through and get those items that you listed. And then they'll pay for it and everything. And they'll come back to your house and drop you off the groceries. And then they leave. Okay. I think that's um, genius. Yeah. I was thinking like, I think the, you were talking about um, like the Walmart employees like pulling it. Um, but yeah. So oh, yeah. I, I I bet once the larger stores start doing something like that on their own, like Instacart will probably lose die. a lot of its customers. Yeah. It'll just die. This just kind yeah. of, I feel like that's bridging the gap between in-person um shopping and then like the store is just providing that service themselves it's the middleman but you know what i'm going to make a bet i'm going to bet right now that walmart or costco is going to buy instacart i'm willing to bet that and then they'll just take all that technology and then integrate it to their own system and it'll become even better like apple does surprised yeah, like yeah. Apple did with Fitbit. They bought Fitbit. And I, don't, I haven't heard of Fitbit now. Now you just see the nice Apple watches. They just stole the technology. Bit. Well, they didn't steal it. They bought the technology, basically. Right. And then disbanded it and took all the information. Yeah, I know that uh, Amazon purchased uh, Whole Foods a couple of years ago. Yeah. Which Amazon like never had in-person stores. And then now they have in-person grocery stores just because they wanted to start um, selling groceries. And yeah. They have, um, I think it's called Amazon Fresh. That was at um, Cashier's store. Think of, well, you know what? I wish I could sit in on some of these board meetings. Like, think about the concept. Someone was pitching this to Jeff Bezos. Like, imagine, Jeff, a store with nobody working in, and people can just come in, take whatever, and scam. Ain't that crazy? That is really crazy. But I think, well, here's, a, here's an interesting question for you is that how this is a little bit in the left field a little bit but since we're, we're on the topic of technology i feel like technology has has disrupted the human has really disrupted how we interact as humans everything from day to day like we have apps now for you know scheduling something we got apps that look for food we got people who, who go get our groceries soon we go have a car that go gets it by itself i swear as you were talking about earlier but how, how do you think that technology has affected the human race as a whole like as you see it going forward i mean i mentioned before where i go to self-checkout just because i don't have to talk to somebody yeah i think that technology plays a huge role in that like even you know walking down the street and seeing strangers they're looking down at their phone and i'm looking at mine 
Yeah. Um, I, I'm, we definitely are talking to people less. We talk to people we already know and it becomes harder to get to know new people, especially like as shown with the um, pandemic where everything is virtual, yeah. nobody's meeting new people. You're just having to keep up with, with yeah. your old friends and family. So um, I'd say like socially, I, I'm reluctant to say like it's hurting us because it's hard to really see like how it's going to affect us long term. Yeah. Um, but yeah, talking to way fewer people, we're, we're not nearly as social as we were even 20 years ago. But here's another question though, is that, is I, I think, no, I, th- I also feel like that the pandemic didn't help either because now it's kind of, you got so, no, I think also is that the pandemic also hurt people in the fact that you can't really use body language all too much. Cause I mean, when you're looking at a screen, you're literally just look at the person's head really, and maybe a few body motion. But like when you're in person, you, know, you can see the person's chest, torso, they can see how they're standing, if they're standoffish, you can see all that. So it's almost like when you're behind the screen, I love technology because if it wasn't for technology, we couldn't be doing this right now. But at the same time, it's like it kind of hinders your social ability in a sense because you don't get the whole in-person element of it. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of communication that um, is not verbal and picking up on that, whether you're talking on the phone or FaceTime or Zoom or whatever, it's you're missing out on a lot of like potential um, communication there. Um, body language is huge and like I never know what to do with my hands. So right now it's nice that it's, it's at a screen. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I think it really changes the game and everything needs to be more verbal than it would have to be otherwise. Cause it's oh, yeah. harder to use hand motions. I feel like I'm being just really loud with it when I'm, when they're up there. Oh yeah. You know what I think is also interesting is um, texting. I think texting is so interesting to me just because I know cause people our age, they love to text. We see it all the time. I just, you ever see these people that text all day? Like, they'll text most of the day. I'm just like, how do you get anything done? Or I've, you ever had this thing where it's like, you you texted a person five texts, and it took a span of like an hour when you realize, like, I could have called this person and had it done in 15 seconds. You ever have that? But it's like, it's so, it's so, it's, I guess it's more convenient to text because it's like, hey, I can just send a quick text and go on what I'm doing. What do you think about that? Yeah, if it's something important, I will really try to not handle that over text. Um, it makes things convenient because people can just respond whenever. And so if it's not a pressing issue, then um, like it's all good. And yeah. just casual communication. I'm a huge fan of texting. Um, it's just like, as you said, it's so convenient. But yeah. if I'm trying to get something done, I'm going to call somebody or FaceTime them. Um, I'd say one of the biggest, one, one reason I like texting so much, especially like having an iPhone, and iMessage and uh, the blue messages. I hope you have an iPhone. Just oh no, you don't. I I shot you know that because you've seen my text. They're green. I have those green. It was it was terrible. Um, <laughs> I'm surprised you. But, <laughs> I'm surprised you just now say something. I've been we've been texting back and forth. I'm just like he he gonna notice that I don't have an iPhone. He gonna say something to me later. No, I'm already looking down on you. IPhone <laughs> <is superior. laughs> um, yeah, group messages on there. That's that's one of the saving graces i think for texting because group messages get really convenient and everybody can pitch in and uh, whenever they can um, and you don't have to like organize the time to for everybody to be in a call yeah. um, speeding up communication i think it's just it's been a huge part of the class like or just having cell phones in general but like now with iphones where so many forms of communication social media and 
and calling and texting and email. It's all all right there, all fast at the tips of my fingers. So Blake, well, here's an interesting question for you. What are your thoughts about the kind of older style of communications? You like writing letters or like writing you ever thought about that? I like I personally I like writing letters. What what's your what's your take on the kind of the older communication styles? Um I mean, I have pretty poor handwriting and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a slow writer. And so I understand that like, it takes a little more time to write a letter. And so it means a little bit more to like receive that. Yeah. But I hate it. I hate writing letters. And, and like when I'm mailing something, it's going to take a week to get there when I could like email it and it would arrive instantly. Um, yes. It's, it's, yeah, I don't, I don't, I just don't feel much incentive to write letters anymore. Um, really is unless it's to like your parents or something right um but yeah even then like so with like love letters and everything i know that, like there's so many different sides to letters whether it's just information or you know professing yourself it's just there, there's so many other ways to do it it's hard for me to like justify writing a letter even though i'll do it um i'd much rather type something out <laughs> it, it saves time it really does but uh I like to switch it from topic to topic because I just like talk about everything. Well, I have I had an engineer in that day, and I want you to tell me if this is crazy or if this is ludicrous. Okay. So hear me out now. Right. We have hydroelectric power. Correct. We have hydroelectric. But we also have wastewater. Now I was doing a little bit of research is that we, we get the wastewater and then we'll purify some of it to reuse it. Here's my thing. What if we take the wastewater? It's poop water already or whatever, dirty water, whatever you want to call it, whatever euphemisms is proper, right? What if, right, we get a, a whirlpool turbine, right? Because what you need, basically you need that kinetic energy to make the electricity, right? So what if we take the wastewater, which we have an abundance of, we get a little whirlpool turbine, tur tur you know what I'm trying to say. I get excited, I can't talk. And we basically run it at kind of like a, almost like a 45 degree slope. So you know, it kind of goes down the thing and it powers the turbine. What if we had that for like municipal? I mean, you, if you did like a full city one, that'd be gigantic. But if we had like little tiny ones in the background or like the, um, what are they called? Backyard, something like that. I thought that'd be an interesting idea because where we have wastewater and we have rainwater, we might as well use it for electricity. What are your thoughts about that? I think that smaller scale energy production, um, like hydroelectric, implemented like in abundance uh, in, in drains and sewers and and in wastewater treatment plants, I think that's great, and that'll help offset um, kind of like an energy crisis where we need to be weaning ourselves off of fossil fuels. But it's not. It it takes a lot of water um, and a lot of power, like or energy, to make enough electricity to really make it worth it and so i think that with all the water flowing into um a sewage treatment plant it might it, it probably would not even be able to power that sewage treatment plant yeah just because it's not a huge um i mean it's a lot of water going through but like not at a huge pace we're not dropping it off something um like dams uh, produce the most hydroelectric power i'm pretty sure um because there's so much weight like it's coming through it's falling down like the length of the dam um inside and i'm not i'm not sure the layout inside but like there's a lot of power turning those turbines yeah um i just think it'd be it'd be hard to reproduce that on a large scale with sewage water 
um, to um, make it worth or like make it able to actually power a lot. Yeah. But I do think that implementing smaller weight, like an abundance of smaller energy production is actually a great step. If we find a cheap way to um, capture power from all of like rainwater, like I, if I just have something in my gutter as water's, you know, it was pouring the rain once went to Salem earlier. Um, if I could have, you know, powered my home for a few hours from that, like that'd be, that'd be fantastic. That'd be awesome. But, um, you know, speaking of dams, that also made me think when you're talking about, you know, how it drops the water, like the full length of the dam, think about how crazy it was to, think about how crazy it is to engineer a dam. Like, I'm just thinking about that now. That's why engineers get paid so much. Dude. Uh, yeah, I, I I watched a short documentary a while back about um, constructing the Hoover Dam. Yeah, and I just can't believe they did that when they did that because they're not using the same big machines that we would use today. Um, and so they had to first divert all the water away so that where they're working, where they're trying to stop the water, there's not even water flowing. Um, build the dam up; it's huge, uh, and then they'd have to cut off where with the diverted water. And so it is being stopped by the dam. It's it's a process that I certainly could not undertake as an engineer. Um, dams bl do blow my mind because that is just it's so much strength to hold back that water. And you see, you see the I saw I think is uh, I forgot where the where it was, but like you, I saw in real time like a dam breaking. But it's it's incredible, man, because all that sheer force of water is it's just hitting it, and then it's just slowly. Well, I won't say slowly, but smaller increments of you know fall out i'm just thinking like who create who created dams like some of these ideas man like when i think of like the dam or the railroad i'm like who thought of this that they're like i wonder i want to see what happens if i just bottle this water up and then release it incrementally like ain't that crazy i know something just the idea of dams uh blows my mind because we're really changing the earth's surface and and so anything, I mean, like, it's just building cities, like we're completely just shaping the earth how we want it to be shaped, but like changing the way that water flows and, um, and bodies of water, it's, it's, it's impressive, but it's also scary just how much we're like meddling with nature um, to serve our own purposes. And dams are pretty ugly in my opinion. I, don't, I think I'm really? just having like this huge concrete wall. It's cool. I mean, like, I love <laughs> that I can see like this huge feat of engineering, like that is awesome, but I don't. I mean, just, it's just like a 90 foot thing of concrete. Speaking of that, you want to know, you know what else I think is amazing? A uh, feat of engineering, the uh, Great Wall of China, because they constructed that thing, I think, what, over 200, 500 years ago? It's still standing today. Like, right. yeah, I don't even know how old that is. Um, let me look it up. I'm actually curious now. This is, I, I would have guessed even longer than that. But. It, it, but it's really amazing when you see this thing was built in 1644. Oh, wow. It really does make you just yeah. like admire engineers. Like, really, if you think, really, if it wasn't for engineering, we'd still be cavemen. At least in my opinion, I think we would be because we wouldn't make tools, we wouldn't make cars, right. we wouldn't have made nothing. It's all about, yeah, making new things to serve your, serve your purpose, to fix a problem. Um, oh, yeah. It's yeah, all, all progress, whether they're labeled as engineers, whether they've gone to school or not, like coming up with a solution to a problem, that's that's engineering in a nutshell. Yeah. Uh, 
I would say had a lot of problems over the years. So <laughs> need a lot of engineers. Oh, yeah. And also, I read this book, and I want to hear your opinion about it. It was about uh, Thomas Edison. It was basically about him and his lab and kind of business lessons. And a, a big thing he had, man, was just experiment and just like try stuff. Like even if it fails, just write down, okay, I tried this. It didn't work for this reason. How can I fix it? And like, you know, it kind of, you just keep trying and keep trying until it works. And I really do think that's, people should do more of that, regardless if they're engineers or not. Just like in your everyday life, I think people don't, they don't try enough things. They kind of just like, oh, this didn't work. So nothing else is going to work. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, trial and error is an engineer's greatest tool. Um, and yeah, you, you just got to keep trying out different things. I mean, across like really any context, don't, you can't just drop it after an, whatever you're doing after one attempt and, yeah. and call yourself done. Um, it just be like, I had two failures. Yeah. Engineers, not for me. It's like, well, you just started, man. Give yourself like another five months of song. No, I've uh, this semester been working to, or applying to internships for the summer. And I mean, I've applied to probably close to around 30. And as as I was getting just these rejection letters back, I had to keep applying to more. I was, I, it was it was hard. I still don't have a plan for the summer, but <laughs> I'll I'll keep working for it. <laughs> well, come on. Is it too late, man? I saw one for a Collins Air, uh, Aerospace, I think, in Charlotte. I think Charlotte or Raleigh. I think I, I think I applied to Collins Aerospace. Um, yeah, I you know I'm still sending them in. Um, like just this past, I'll I'll probably. I'd say if the highest chance I have of being anywhere other than just home with my parents this summer, which is where I don't want to be, um, is I'll be uh, staying here in Winston and doing research with um, one of my engineering professors. Oh, that looks pretty damn good. Well, you got any projects you're working on at all? Any, any things you're interested in, in building or creating or working on or planning? Um, let's see, right now, I mean, like, it's crunch time for me. My last week of class is through Thursday and then a reading day and exams next week. So I'm like kind of crunching all my projects are school related, but I'm in a uh, 3D printing and additive manufacturing class right now um, that for, uh, a, let's see, the second project of the semester, I had to just design something that had multiple components and moved um, with like gears and to 3D print and I have the first iteration of it, which just doesn't work at all. And I'm thinking of totally changing my design, yeah. but this is a project I've been working on. All right, so this is 3D printed. It's supposed to be a toothpaste roller where you can like put the toothpaste in and it'll roll it to the point oh. that it, to squeeze it all out. And so, yeah, here, let me go and separate this. I have multiple parts here. So first just starting with a, this base and then these two cylinder ro cylindrical rollers that will go together and then all right, at this point, I can't really put it together anymore because it, it didn't work. I need to change the dimensions a little bit. Yeah. But this gear just to go down on that peg. Here, I'll move this down a little bit so you can see. Yeah. And I'll just kind of lay it out. So this gear on this peg, and then this is the crank, and it's supposed to pin this gear to that roller. And then these two, I mean, this can't fit down there. And it'll roll like that. Okay. Uh, there are a few concerns with this design as the very first iteration um, is that as everything, if everything could fit together, as I'm rolling it, 
it would these gears would kind of just pull apart naturally because um, they're pushing against each other and it'll one increase the gap between here to the point that it's not effectively rolling the toothpaste but also could just the teeth of the gears could lose grip on each other and just as i'm turning one it wouldn't turn the other yeah and so to fix that i'm planning on uh, adding to this base a support that'll come up here and hold underneath the gears just to prevent just to add uh, resistance so this whole thing can't move back like that and it'll yeah. keep the gears together um it's really pretty simple compared to some of the things that my classmates were designing i was just struggling i was i was having to brainstorm this was like very um uh, we just decided what we wanted to build and i was like well what on earth can i build that would serve a function yeah and that was my idea but yeah that's that's my first print um, it's practical though i like it. it's nice and nice and simple i had a question though because you're just detailing it you know as you the more you use it the more the pins are going to pull apart but couldn't you mitigate that because if you roll the toothpaste it's going to be kind of a larger i guess you call it larger surface so that it would still fit between the rolls or is that would that not work you're saying the more you roll it like it would need to be a a wider gap anyways to fit the larger part of the toothpaste is that what you're saying well well no i'm saying because you're saying like you know the more you grind it the more the two the, they separate right the more they're going to go right. out i was saying right if you got the if you had the tube and you just put the the back side underneath it you're gonna make the tube bigger so it can mitigate the, the gap between the two of them so i i would really wouldn't think that's a problem because you could just you because you know you see people they fold it over and over again you can literally just keep folding it and it just cuts that surface, that circle, I guess, the empty, the empty space in between them. So you wouldn't really wouldn't have to worry about that. I do see what you're saying. Yeah, that would, yeah, that would take away the problem of this being too far apart for that. But I mean, the gears would still have to be touching to the point that they would spin the, the rollers here. Yeah, that's wrong. Um, so if the gears and like these, these are pretty small. So if they come apart just a little bit, they won't roll each other. Um, yeah, my yeah, my initial idea was to not have to um, roll the toothpaste back around, but I mean that is a good idea. That easily because once you have enough through of it through to um, pull the the rest of the uh, tube around, you could just stick it back through, and that would definitely. You have to. That's one less thing you got to fix. One less thing I got to fix. I know. Yeah, this is a very broken design, but I just had to sit in here, so. Um, <laughs> see earlier this semester for that same class i printed um this white cup holder just to add a handle to um this cup that i already had but yeah i mean the first step was just to um measure the cup and get all the dimensions and then i designed it so that the bottom is a very snug fit like up at the top i don't know if you can see like it's pretty loose right there it's like not yeah. even touching on all sides but the bottom you have to like really crush it down in there but it holds like okay. it's going to fall out of that. So 